Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Oops, I Talked Politics, a left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Daryl, and today, the regular host of the show will be interviewing five lovely listeners about their political journeys, as well as the struggles they've had with their ornery parents. Expect some confusion, some frustration, some hilarity, and perhaps most importantly of all, some camaraderie with how tricky it can be to navigate nuanced political avenues with the ones you love most. I hate my parents. They are dumb. I hate them. They suck. I don't want them. No more. Hi, it's Ryan again, and I'm here with Elle. Hey, Elle. Hi. The listeners have probably heard you on the Election Day episode, but they've never heard you talk to anyone but yourself, I guess. So... (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is so exciting. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. (laughs) Okay, anyways. So we're here to talk about your family. You mean my daddy issues. (laughs) That's how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So I grew up with my mom until I was 11, and she was like a gore voter. That's really all I know about her political stance. But I moved in with my dad when I was 11. And my dad was a Republican for a long time. And then by the time I moved in with him, he was like, fuck the Republican Party. I hate Bush, but I don't like anyone else any better. I think I remember him being a Ralph Nader supporter at one point. Okay. But maybe I made that up. (laughs) Um, But anyways, he's a super libertarian and like, um, you know, he avoids having to pay taxes. And because of that, we lived like pretty like, you know, meager And he really doesn't believe in government services. He doesn't like insurance. He doesn't like having to have insurance. He's really wrinkly and angry about that. But the interesting thing is he was never really, he never really claimed to be a libertarian when I was growing up, but he would tell me things and then sort of let me interpret them. And I think he was trying to turn me into a libertarian, but instead it turned me into a liberal. (laughs) So like, what kind of things? So like, I remember when I came home in like the seventh grade and I had discovered that Roe versus Wade was a thing. Okay. Excuse me. I think you mean Roe v. Wade. These are court cases. (laughs) Okay. It's like Batman v. Superman, you know? (laughs) Roe v. Wade, colon, dawn of abortions. (laughs) So... I came home and I was like, dad, did you know abortions used to be illegal? And he kind of didn't know like what to say to me. I don't know if the conversation went like that, but it ended with him saying the government should not be able to stand between you and your doctor in the same way the government shouldn't be able to get between you and, you know, any of your personal matters. And I think he kind of meant for that to turn me into a libertarian, but instead I was like, yeah, the doctors can't tell me what to do with my body. So it, it kind of like, went that way and we would talk politics and we would argue we've had some like horrifying moments like what i realized my dad straight up does not think that gay people are a thing like wait 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 wait. (laughs) it's not that he doesn't think homosexuality exists so why do the why do they do it then well he doesn't know he thinks it's for insurance purposes but (laughs) wait you get insurance (laughs) for that he thinks it's so that people can get insurance benefits. He's crazy. He's so he's... wait, like I'm not familiar with the film, but is I assume this is what I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry is about. This is exactly what it is. It's an insurance <laughs> marriage. 
I, I don't know if my dad's ever seen that movie. God, I hope not. So that's, so he thinks that like, it's an act. Okay. This is, this is the demonstrative, like story. I work for a photographer and she's gay and she and her wife have two kids and they used a donor. And my dad asked how they had two kids. And I said, well, they used a donor. And he was like, what does that mean? And I said, well, Anna, you know, went to a sperm bank and purchased these sperm and she was artificially inseminated. And my dad was like, well, how come she didn't just have sex with a man? And I was like, well, because she's gay. She doesn't want to have sex with men. And my dad was like, baffled. From a utilitarian perspective, that is an easier way to do it, I guess. That's, that's literally where he's coming from. He doesn't understand, like... He doesn't believe mental illness is a thing. He doesn't, like, I go to therapy and he's like, you're wasting your damn money. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your opinion, I guess. Okay, because at, at the beginning, when you were saying how, like, it sounded like he's, like, this rare Republican that we don't ever see that's, like, consistent, where he's, like, no government interference, so he's, like, he supports Roe v. Wade. But then all of a sudden this took a weird turn. <laughs> it's like, so he, he he's... His problem, so, like, he, he's explained it to me, and I guess his logic is consistent. He doesn't like that anybody gets health insurance benefits, and let's say that you are friends with someone who works for, like, the New York State Teachers Union, and they have great insurance, and you decide to get married so that you can also have insurance. He thinks that that's, like, what gay people are doing. He thinks it's just people who can't find a heterosexual relationship. It's odd. And, and it's weird, because then when I take him to task on it, he backs up on it. <laughs> But, like, there's poor gay people without benefits. Yeah, I, I've... I don't know. I don't mean to keep harping on this. It's just, no, like, it's so okay. blowing my mind. He's totally... Like I said, he's a crazy person. And I should say the story has, like, a fairly happy ending. He's dating a woman who's lovely now, and she's really, like, pushed him into, like, if you don't have anything progressive to say, shut the fuck up. Nice. She sounds awesome already. Yeah. When we met, her first thing was we, we immediately started talking about politics because Trump had literally just been elected. And she, like, halfway through the conversation, like, leaned over and nudged my dad. She's like, I didn't realize you raised such a crazy liberal. It's <laughs> like, the best compliment. But anyway, so when the Trump when Trump started um, becoming or looking like he was going to be the Republican candidate, my dad and I started talking about whether or not he would vote. My dad hasn't voted since 2000. When he voted for Ralph Nader? <laughs> I don't know. He won't say. <laughs> he and I would talk about it. And he was always really sarcastic. The problem with my dad is he's really sarcastic all the time. And I can never really tell when he's being serious. But he... The only thing I really remember him taking a stance on is I asked what he thought of Bernie Sanders. And he was like, that guy's a fucking socialist, but he's honest about it. And I appreciate that. Okay, I can get into that. But I think the problem was that logic went to... Well, at least Donald Trump is honest. What I think logic he. Is that? <laughs> I think he felt like Donald Trump was upfront. So I don't know that okay. he was ever a Donald Trump supporter. I know he didn't vote, which I guess is better than voting for Trump. Um, mm. But this all came to a head on well, first on Thanksgiving we got in a big fight about it because it was all very fresh and new, and we were at my family's house, and he, it was weird. But Christmas 2016, I came home and I was really only home for like Christmas night. And my dad brought me to Fridays because my dad's a classy gentleman. <laughs> and we sat at the bar. Hey, Fridays has endless apps. I will not hear any knocking of. Can TGI I just tell Fridays. you that the saddest place in the world, though, is TGI Fridays on Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. sitting in the bar? I could see that. 
And I know it's sad because the whole reason this came up is there was a gentleman sitting across the bar wearing a deplorables hoodie. Okay. Eating alone. I didn't know they came in hoodies, but... Uh, he had a picture that had, like, Mount Rushmore on it, except Trump was there, too. And it just said the deplorables, also implying that, you know, like, the other four presidents on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't remember exactly which four they are right now, so I won't name them. Are also deplorable, just like Donald Trump. I mean, Jefferson, okay. But... Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt? Lincoln? Yeah. Washington? Oh, good. Okay, we named them. Now I don't have to guess anymore. <laughs> I couldn't remember which Roosevelt it was. (laughs) It should be FDR, but it's Teddy. Oh, the sexy one in the wheelchair. Anyways. (laughs) um, So we got in this huge argument. Uh, Well, he started talking to the deplorable guy and I finally like looked at him and was like, what the fuck? And he kind of like ignored me. And then he kept talking to this deplorable guy. And I heard the words come out of my dad's mouth. He's like, you know, if black folks are that mad about getting arrested, they just shouldn't act so black. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, something. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I should have had an idea. I guess you don't want to believe that like your parents are assholes, but yeah, um, that's that's something. I don't. I still don't know to this day what he was thinking, saying that in public. Well, I mean, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm from Clifton Park, New York, and there are no black people there, so I guess he didn't feel like it was going to be a problem. But I was like, all right, Merry Christmas, goodbye. And I actually went home, got my stuff, and I was, like, gone and driving back to where I live in New Paltz now before he even got home. I was really dramatic, too. I, like, put money on the table and, like, (laughs) And I went home, and he... It was, like, a month before we talked. It was right before I went went to the Women's March, and he called me, and he said that um, he really regretted the things that he said, and he didn't really apologize for it, but... He was worried about me going to the Women's March. He told me, you know, be safe and call him when I got down there. And he's since backed up. He thinks that Trump is an asshole. He he hasn't really backed off a lot of his more problematic stances. But the more and more I talk to him about it, the more I'm realizing he's just a fully ignorant 68-year-old man. Mm. And I don't know if there's ever going to be, like, a point where my dad can, like, accept gay people or accept black people or anything like that. But the one thing I will say is my dad is super cool i my my boyfriend is dominican and puerto rican and i really thought that he was going to be an asshole when i brought will home and instead he and will jam and play guitar all the time well that fits with a lot of what we've like i've seen with a lot of people is like once there's someone in front of them it's fine it's when it's like this other yeah it's when they're all like sort of drinking the kool-aid from the alt-right about yeah you know, well, they're living off the welfare state. Well, like, but who's who's they? Like, who? Yeah. So does he just, like, not know any gay people? Yeah, that's entirely likely. Mm. Um, the conversation from my, my teen years where I first started to discover that I, I kind of had a thing for girls, I sort of, like, broached the issue with my dad. And I was like, Dad, if I were a lesbian, what would you do? And he said, your life would be really hard, so I don't think I would talk to you. What? I know. <laughs> he, it, like, I have to laugh at it now because it's like, what a bizarre thing to no, say. But like, like, he's recognizing that it would be a struggle for you. So, like, there's 
something about that like way of life that is more difficult in our society which is basically like acknowledging privilege but then also being like but fuck you i guess <laughs> that's pretty much what he said that's so weird he's um i have a lot of respect for my dad in a lot of ways he's like really he actually um reminds me a little bit of like is it sly that says everything is about economics Yes. Okay, that's how my dad feels, but the exact opposite of how Sly deals with it. Um, <laughs> my dad is like, everything comes down to economics. If you have money, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. That's really what it comes down to. So he he really believes that, that money is the great equalizer. And the only thing, rather than going out and fighting for the government to give you equal rights, and rather than going out and fighting for, you know, government-granted health insurance or a single-payer system or you know, a Supreme Court ruling on whether or not you can get married, you should just have more money. That's, I mean, it's not wrong. Having more money <laughs> would fix those problems. It's true. And <laughs> the it's... problem is, where does one get all this money? <laughs> and and where do you get that money if you're working in a world that's already stacked against you? If you're gay, yeah. if you're a person of color, if you're a woman, if you're someone with a mental or a physical disability, it's like he doesn't really see those things. Yeah. His problem when I talk about, like, privilege and wanting to work to make things um, even is, so the backstory I guess I should have given at the beginning is um, my dad was in college during the draft riots, and he did not go to Vietnam on luck. They never called his birthday, and actually he lost a roommate in a draft riot. Like, his roommate was killed. So he saw this super progressive and radicalized group because the draft riots were extremely radical and extremely left for the most part. And he saw the sort of discord and destruction that it ended up sowing, at least for him personally. And I think that he sees discussions and um, efforts to level the playing field in some way or another as being another discordant and... I guess, ultimately futile attempt to make things better. Like, I just don't think he believes in the systems anymore, and he finds the idea that I would believe in those systems a little bit offensive. Huh, that's fascinating. And tragic, for sure. Yeah, he's, like, my dad is, for example, I don't I don't have health insurance, and my dad doesn't have health insurance, and I could have had health insurance because I qualified for, like, New York State chips, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't fill out the paperwork. Just, I mean, at least this is that's bad. Like, I have to go yeah, out no. front and say that's bad, but like, it's okay. I gotta give him some credit for sticking to his convictions so hard. Yeah, would, I would give him more credit if there wasn't also a child involved. <laughs> yeah, I... wait, but if if he didn't have health care, why didn't he just go gay? That's my question. Do you know how many times <laughs> I've brought this up to him? He doesn't oh, really? get the humor in it. <laughs> He doesn't get the joke. I'm like, but Dad, how come you didn't just marry, you know, a man who works for the New York State Teachers Union? And he's like, he just looks at me. He's like, well, I don't. And, and he just doesn't know what to say. Because what do you say to that? Yeah, he's, he doesn't get when I'm when I'm kidding a lot of the time, which is funny because I don't get when he's kidding a lot of the time. We're both. Ex- both of you are just trolling each other and no one can tell. <laughs> okay, that's actually happened. And my aunts, my dad's sisters have called us out. We've like gotten into like a sort of screaming match on like holidays and they've been like neither of you are serious why are you actually mad at each other right now <laughs> he's playing the real long con yeah yeah probably i wouldn't be surprised if like on his deathbed he was like honey i was a liberal the whole time 
Oh, God, that would make me so mad, though, and he would love that. That would be the most satisfying death for him. I think that that is as good a place as any to jump <laughs> off. All right. Because I don't think we're going to get anything better than that. I hate my parents. They are dumb! Hi, this is Julia, and I am here with my mom, Kathy. Hello. I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience growing up in politics and my family, but honestly, my experience was pretty positive um, with my parents holding a lot of the same beliefs that I ended up having today. But my mom, on the other hand, grew up in a family that was a little more conservative, and I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to her and get her perspective um, as somebody from a different generation than me or most of the listeners of this podcast. So just to sum up a little bit what my childhood was like and uh, the positive experiences that I had and how I ended up where I am today before we get started with my mom, I kind of just always was aware of what was going on in politics as long as I can remember watching debates on TV and um, particularly when Obama started his campaign and I was old enough to kind of understand what was going on. Um, my mom was always really positive about getting us interested and we would go to the Obama headquarters occasionally that was in our town and just was always kind of encouraged to to be interested. And that year, I like to tell people, I also um, carved a pumpkin for Halloween with the Obama symbol on it, which was proudly displayed on our front steps. So um, I was always kind of nurtured in, in what my beliefs were and never really clashed with my family. But I know that's not the case for a lot of people who are probably also submitting for this podcast. So to kind of get that perspective, and like I said, from a different generation, I'm going to ask my mom a few questions. So for context, she was growing up during the 60s and 70s. So mom, what was it like growing up in a more conservative family when you were younger? Well, my parents definitely had more uh, conservative, you know, right uh, right-wing kind of values, and I can't explain why that didn't feel right to me, but it just never did. I was always starting an argument, I guess, many an argument around the dining table. Uh, <laughs> it was not much appreciated by my parents, I can tell you. But this was during the time of the civil rights movement and the women's rights movement, and the viewpoints that my parents had were, they just didn't ring true to me, and I often argued my points unpopularly with my parents, but it, it, it just was always what I thought and always what I felt. Was there anything in particular or any sort of events that you think led you to hold these beliefs, or it just kind of evolved organically? I really do think it just evolved. I, mean, you know, I was seeing, uh, you know, the civil rights uh, movement and women's rights on television, on the news, hearing about it in the paper, and just felt, even as a kid, sort of appalled by people not being treated in a way that seemed fair to me. Um, you know, busing and desegregation was a thing when I was a child, and it in impacted on my family because our city started doing busing, and my sister and I were going to have to go to a school that was no longer in our neighborhood just because of how the busing was going to work. And my parents fought that very strenuously because they didn't want us to have to go to a school outside of our neighborhood. It's like, you know, why they bought a house near the school. And that made perfect sense. But I also knew that that wasn't entirely why they didn't want us to go to that other school. You know, I knew they didn't really want us to go to the school with those other you know kids. And so even though some of the reasoning made sense to me, some of it, I, I knew was, wasn't really right. 
And we wound up actually just being pulled out of public schools and going to Catholic school that was in our neighborhood. And that's how our family, you know, dealt with that particular issue. You know, during the, when I was in college, it was during uh, when they were trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. And I mean, I knew people who, you know, knew people who like left college to work on passing the Equal Rights Amendment. And it was, it just seems so incredible to me that people would have to do that, that this would even have to be an amendment just made no sense. So I can't say that there was some specific thing that made me have my views. It was just all of what was going on in the world around me and just what made sense to me or didn't make sense. Uh (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Um, So those were things that were going on when you were younger. What is it like now to have family who still holds much more right-wing ideologies and interacting with your parents and your other family as adults? Well, it can be pretty challenging. And as you know, there's a a lot of unwritten rules about what we're just not going to talk about at holiday dinners and other family (laughs) gatherings. Um, Sometimes they are written before everyone else gets there. (laughs) It's, It's hard knowing that, you know, everyone else in your family voted for the person who's not my president. And, um... Especially seeing people's very conservative views on Facebook, um, having had to privately message my brother-in-law because he said some really uncalled for things. I thought that, um, I think he wasn't thinking about the fact that when he's like putting down Democrats in a very rude way, that he's also putting down me and you and our immediate family. And I had to sort of call him out on that, for, for which he did apologize. And I think maybe he thinks a little bit more about what he posts on Facebook now. But it, it's definitely challenging. I, I remember back when McCain was running for president and he picked Sarah Palin idiotically as his running mate. <laughs> and I said something that to that about to grandma and she basically kind of like stopped talking to me for the afternoon because I, because I didn't like Sarah Palin. So Much like grandpa once stopped talking to me for an entire day because I called him out on some sort of racist attitudes yeah, that he was so. talking about. So it's very challenging when, when it's very challenging when people you love have viewpoints that you just can't accept or understand. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that you have to deal with more than I do, because most of my friends agree with me and I'm not really friends with our family on Facebook. So I'm sure that's a, a challenge that I can't really understand. So the last question that I'm going to ask is, what advice do you have for people who are my age or maybe even younger who want to be involved in politics but whose families don't support their beliefs? I I just, I think you have to be true to your heart. It can be really challenging, and sometimes you do just have to make those kind of rules, even if you're making the rule in your own head that you're just not going to talk about these things, you know, at the dinner table or at a family gathering. It's just not worth the fight. It's just not worth having a fight with, you know, people that you probably do love or even people that maybe you don't like so much, but they're your family and, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to be around them. Not to compromise your own values, but just not to stir it up when you don't have to. You're not going to change what they think. They're not going to change what you think. And so just do what you do and... And, uh, you know, avoid the conflict with your family when you can, but but don't change your own values or your own beliefs mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, and I think that's that's all. So thanks for joining me and giving us that perspective. Well, you're welcome. It was fun. I 
hate my parents. They are dumb. So hey, it's Ryan, and I'm here with Lauren, who you probably recognized from previous episodes. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Ryan. Here I am. Here we are. So are you ready to tell us about your political utopia that you live in, where nobody ever disagrees with you and everyone's super supportive? Uh, and I don't spend New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day night crying on the phone to my parents? Definitely. I'm really excited to talk about that. So uh, ever since I was um, in high school when I first started getting political, my mom and I have had an issue of we have the same political opinions, but she doesn't like to talk about them or make other people upset. And at dinner, when someone would say something shitty, like a racist joke, I would not be okay with it. And then it's my fault for getting offended. And, um, well, mom, that's a crappy joke. Well, you know, that's just how that person jokes. That's just how they are. And it got to the point where I started disagreeing not only with the garbage racist jokes, but with the garbage racist opinions. I feel that so hard. Oh, my God. It was like, it started with the jokes, and I'm like, hey, I have friends who are Jewish. Like, that's not a nice thing to say, even if you're joking. Just that, like, how come you have to always do this? Like, can't you just let it go? Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, why do you have to, like, this is why no one wants to talk to you. You get offended so easily. And I'm like, well, I didn't realize that not participating in ethnic jokes is getting offended. Whatever. So then it evolved to me arguing against the garbage opinions and my mother getting very upset with me that I was upsetting other people. And she says, well, Lauren, you know, those are their opinions. You always have to respect everybody's opinion. And through the Bush years, I I guess it was okay. Like, I don't remember anyone saying anything really horrific, but I also wasn't uh, as kind of on the ball politically as I was. And also, like, society accepted a lot more back then. Right, right. I'm not saying that as an excuse, but, like, watch any sitcom from the Bush years and you're like, wow, transphobia is a pretty big deal. Yeah, so then uh, in the Obama years, it was, it, it, it devolved from, like, shouting about their opinions to constant little digs. And you mentioned that on the episode where you guys were all talking about all the little digs. Yeah. Like, oh, blah, you know, well, yeah, because we give the poor whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, then why do you make money if that's if that's the truth, uncle? Yeah. If, if the poor get whatever they want, then why do you go to work? Also, why, do why you are people poor then? Why not take enough oh, exactly. to not be poor? You could just, oh, why don't you just do that? If it's so <laughs> easy to be poor, just, just stop working your job that you hate and you're miserable and just be poor. And then... When Trump was running for office, things got very ugly very quickly. I engaged in screaming matches with pretty much everyone, and I had to talk about shitty personal stuff that happened to me to have my dad not vote for Trump, because uh, he was on the fence about it. And but you actually convinced him. I did. I had to like I I don't want to go into what I had to tell him, but he was like, I never realized that this would affect me. Maybe I'm not going to vote for Trump now because it'll make my daughter upset every day. Wow. It's amazing how people change their opinions when suddenly it becomes real to them. Yeah. So you're saying that these people are reachable and we should always talk to them very civilly. (laughs) My dad is reachable because my dad loves me. (laughs) Okay. He's white enough and he's not wealthy, but he's wealthy enough that he doesn't have to have an opinion. 
Okay. So when it came down to me being angry at him every single day and me not being angry at him every day, he was like, this is an easy choice to make. And he didn't. But there are people in my family who have opinions, despite having enough whiteness and enough buying power, that they don't need to have the wrong opinion. And I'm going to call it the wrong opinion because that's really where things have come to a head now, where my mother is trying to tell me that, oh, it's just their opinions. And I'm like, their opinions are getting 200,000 El Salvadorians who have lived here for like 20 years deported for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. You know, their opinions are trying to prevent trans people from being in the military and denying them personhood as like a byproduct of that. Their opinions have a vice president who believes in electroshock therapy and that gay people should just quote unquote get over it. And that's not an opinion anymore. That's a fundamental difference of morals. Yeah. Like I'm going to consider myself a decent human and I don't consider their opinions, the opinions of decent people, but I just have to yell at them all the time anyway. Well, that's something we talked about too on the episode that it was like, supporting trump has become like a litmus test yes where it like says so much and at that point at least for me it doesn't seem like an opinion it's a worldview yes absolutely i've realized that someone i once slept with is a republican and it was like it was an awful feeling (laughs) i didn't know at the time obama was in office who cared (laughs) but now like i knew that he was a republican and i'm like retroactively like oh god why did i do that yeah so you know that everything everything oh you voted for trump we will not agree on anything so we should just end this now but with family you can't just walk out even though sometimes you really really want to uh their opinions about my political opinions have carried into opinions on my personal life which is not a conventional heteronormative personal life i don't know yeah i'm sure you've experienced this where someone who does not agree with you keeps asking you stupid questions to put you on the defensive yeah you see this a lot with men asking well why don't women just come forward why couldn't they just do this why could well if i was in that position i would have done this and it's a way to take the focus away from what happened to them and like well why didn't they come forward and eventually a way to twist it around to well what were they hiding Mm-hmm. Why didn't they come forward? So when it comes to my personal life and uh, how I choose to live it, they have decided that because I don't live a normal, straight, one man, one woman lifestyle, that my opinions are invalid because of that. Like, I'm living in this liberal bubble of, like, immorality and whatever the... um. One of my cousins once quoted, I think one of you brought it up in the the podcast about the me the episode about the Me Too movement with the Rush Limbaugh quote, where he was like, It could be two people, it could be three people, but if it's not consensual, here come the rape police. Like, yes, Rush Limbaugh. Oh, like when he tries to set up a straw man and you're like, Everything right. you said is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it could be like ten people having sex together and everyone's fine with that because it's consensual. Like and like, yeah. So one of my cousins <laughs> quoted that at me, trying to make me like feel bad about dating multiple people, but it didn't work because I was like, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, it's getting very personal now, where it was before, during the Bush and Obama years, it was like, especially during Obama, it was almost good-natured ribbing. 
Yeah. Like, they would say something bullshit, and I'll be like, yeah, but now I don't have to die because I have healthcare. Thanks, Obama. And, like, that's where it would end. But everything is devolving into screaming matches and crying matches and people like, well, you should just be quiet and then they won't bother you about it. And I'm like, I have the right to spend a holiday with the people I love around me without being attacked for my opinions and for who I am. And this is garbage. And I think that conservatives do that a lot, which is attaching your opinions to your lifestyle or to your color or to where you came from, so that they can dismiss you, if that makes sense. I would like to push back, though. Haven't we been doing that this whole time? What do you mean? Like, when you're like, I slept with someone who was a Republican. Or, like, just now, when you were like, conservatives do this. <laughs> well, no, but I, like, I, I'm not using that as a platform. I dismiss them because I don't think they're good people. <laughs> like, their opinions make them shitty. I feel like conservatives don't have to they like oh well of course you'd say that you're a black woman or of course you'd say that you're a gay man yeah you're lumping them in with ideology by calling them conservatives but they're saying like oh well you're a a bi woman so this is how you must feel exactly i see what you're saying exactly i legitimately have not even told my family that um, some members of my family that i'm bi because i don't want to have those fights too If that makes sense. Yeah. And I I do think that liberals do it too. You know, we'll be like, oh, like, well, you're a white man. Like, you, of course you'd say that. But it's always because they're saying something that denies the personhood of a group of people, Mm -hmm. I feel like. And when a, a black woman or a trans woman or a gay man is like, hey, I don't feel like I'm getting enough rights. Like, I don't feel like... A person as much as you might feel like a person a conservative or republican can just say well like look at all that you've got anyway like of course you're saying that you're an uppity whatever uppity yeah and i'm i definitely see that in my family where it's easy to Mm. dismiss me because like oh you're a poly girl like you live in a liberal bubble we don't have to listen to what you say have you had i know you mentioned with your dad you had some progress but have you had any progress anywhere else with, like, people that just dismiss you based strictly on identity? Like, how do you break through that? You don't really. Like, my family is very much like, this is who you are, and we'll never agree, and I can make you feel uncomfortable in your own home with constant political bullshit, because uh, I have the right to do that. Um, they don't listen. They get very defensive. Um, and they just don't... I don't think they want to listen, too, because especially since... It's Trump has been proven to be like a fucking nutcase who has no idea what's going on. They don't have anything to fall back on anymore. Like, all they say is, well, Hillary would have been worse. Well, Hillary would have been worse. And I can shoot back, uh, well, Hillary wouldn't have tweeted about nuclear launches. It doesn't matter. Hillary's never been the president, and she isn't the president. (laughs) It doesn't matter to them either, because Trump brings up Hillary, so they think that's a viable argument, because... You know, they don't know how to form rational yeah. thoughts, which is why I assume they're Republicans, which is a mean thing to say, but I don't care because I'm upset. Well, that makes sense because, like, if they're lumping everything into your identity, it would make sense to always be pivoting away from the issue. Yeah, no, it's just, and it's the same argument over and over and over again to the point where it's pointless to say anything and I just get up and leave. And then, oh, Lauren, you're so offended by what they said. Mm. Can't you just brush it off? No, because it's a pointed barb directed at me. Like, why should I have to brush that off so they can have a nice day? Also, can, did they ever brush anything off? No, 
every time I say anything. And then it's just immediate screaming, like immediate ramping up and like, I'm wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm too young. I don't understand the world. So do you feel like it's as soon as you bring up a personal thing that they are just... Yes, 100%. So I can't say to my other uncle, well, the reason that you're mad that all these people have advantages in going to college um, because of their ethnicity or because of their um, socioeconomic status is because you never had a college degree. Mm. Like, I can't say that because then I'm being me. Yeah. So much for the tolerant left. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, oh, why do you have to be so mean? But on the other hand, because they're older and because my family is Italian and Irish, like, they can say nasty stuff yeah. and no one jumps down their throats. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. And that's, I would see that, I would say that that's true for almost all the friends I have and all these conversations I've had is that, well, you're supposed to show respect for your elders, so we can say all this stuff and you're just supposed to take it, mm. but you, you shouldn't be talking back. I mean, that makes sense why that they support the system, the status quo, because, like, it's, yeah. it's always talking back. It's never talking right. to power. It's always talking back to your exactly. elders. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a lot of, like, bullshit paternalism from the right. It's like, well, we gave you these rights. Why are you still complaining? Yeah. Like, we gave you women the right to vote. We gave you the right to work in in the, you know, whatever field you want to work in, like we've given you all this stuff. Why are you still complaining? And it's yeah, as if it ever belonged to exactly, them. Yeah. exactly. Like, no, you didn't give us anything. You know, we fought for hundreds of yeah. years for the right to vote uh, and the right to not be considered property in marriages. And that's like a big problem that I see, uh, especially, I guess, because all the conservatives in my family are male. I don't have any female conservatives in my family. Um, but I do have female liberals who want everyone to be quiet and get along. And I think they're just as much the problem as the loud men who want their opinions heard and no one talking back to them. Do you have other female liberals that like fight with you or are you like the arguer? No, no, I am the, I am Lauren, the arguer in my family. Gotcha. But cool. Thank you so much for talking to me. I, I, so much of your experience rings so true to me and I'm sure many of our. Oh, listeners. I'm sure. And I think a lot of people, especially who grew up in our town. Yeah. It's a <laughs> Well, cause like we we're in a very privileged area and it's easy Absolutely, to say. But surrounded yeah. by not like yeah. privileged areas at all. And it's very easy to know? say like, sit down, shut up and just be grateful for what you have. Right, like, be grateful for what you're even allowed yeah. to have. Like, don't rock the boat. And that, my family is a microcosm of yeah, that. Yeah, that definitely Don't rock sense. the boat. You know, we let you talk. We let you bring whoever you want to bring to family functions. Why do you keep pushing for more? Yeah. And I keep pushing for more because it's the right thing to do. And that's the end of the story. That's, I think, the best ending we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So thank you so much. Heck yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me. I hate my parents. They are dumb! All right, welcome. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Matt Jorgensen. If you heard our episode last week, we talked about our political journeys and our upbringings. So we were curious to hear from you guys. Uh, what was your political upbringing like? So when I was old enough to be cognizant of politics... I was actually fairly conservative. Hmm. Both sets of my grandparents are, at the time, were, well, 
were at the time very conservative because they're old people, I guess. And, you know, well, uh, the first election I remember was Bush versus Kerry. 2004, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from again, by the way? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Not a real place. Right. (laughs) And I actually participated in, like, a campaign parade for it. Oh, really? Yeah. There was um, our Boy Scout troop let us volunteer. Part of our volunteer work for that was uh, going out and do something political, pick up a park. And I figured the parade was easiest. And I like George W. Bush, probably because we were at the same intelligence level. <laughs> so do you remember from that age, like your, was it like in the background you supported Bush or was it more like, was it actually like a, a conscious like feeling you had? Was it a, you know, cause sometimes for kids, they're kind of apolitical, but they have like this baseline because my parents feel this way. I feel this way. And then some kids actually get into politics. I I actually got into politics pretty deeply in middle school leading up to high school. So my dad's first college degree is political science. So I grew up in this zeitgeist of being politically aware and understanding things a lot sooner than probably someone should be. Interesting. I mean, that applies to criminal law, too. So Right. And so... After middle school and high school and the bush Kerry election, uh, how did your views you know, continue after that point? So what really shifted my views from conservatism to liberalism is Scott Walker. Okay. For those of you who don't know, he's the current governor of Wisconsin. Yay. He basically waged a war on unions in the state of Wisconsin. He got elected on, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know in 2010 when I graduated high school, he had already stripped away most of the rights from the postal union and the teachers union and most of the professional working union. And my mother is a postal worker and the effects were immediate. She went from working 15 minutes away from where we live to 45 in the middle of January. And wow. Yeah, that she had to sell her car and buy a different one because, like, it just couldn't make the trip because the stereotype is true. It snows a lot here. (laughs) The roads are not well-maintained. And it that's when I really started digging into, okay, is this what modern republicanism is? Because if this is it, like, if if it's waging a war on the middle and lower class, I want no part of it. Because I already had problems with the... It it wasn't something I was super cognizant of at that age, because I grew up in a very, very cloistered community. But I, I was, I've always been against how the Republican tra- Party treats gay people and minorities. But I didn't really see anything better from the Democrats here. Like in Wisconsin, the politicians kind of just blurred together until after the Scott Walker's election. Interesting. So... I'm curious, one final question is, uh, after your mother's job got changed because of the de-unionization of Wisconsin, um, were your parents still, like, supporters of the Republican Party, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my parents were devout, dyed-in-the-wool Democrats. Oh, okay. So it was your grandparents that got you onto yep. the... Okay, interesting. We, My family was very poor growing up, so I got, instead of going to a babysitter... 
I spent time with my grandparents. Gotcha. And even after that, even my, well, my mother's parents live in Indiana and Texas. So their opinions didn't really change, but my father's mother's opinions drastically changed. I mean, she still doesn't know how to use the language correctly. Like, she still calls my cousin Joel that colored fella. <laughs> yep. God. But she means well. Right, right. Okay, well, that's very interesting. Is there anything else you want to add? No. I feel like I've rambled on enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for giving us your, your background. I hate my parents. They are dumb! It's Ryan again, this time with Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Ryan. What's Will's up? Will's a new voice. Listeners won't know you. They won't. Okay, so you here to talk about your family? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Cool. Hit us. Hit us with that juicy content. Based on last week's episode, I think what's important is my dad's very strange political views. Because, okay. um... You guys talked last week a lot about how your dad or dads or whosoever dads are Trump supporters. And I feel like that's, not to sound weird, but as a person of color, I feel like that's not as uncommon for white folks as it is for Hispanic folks like me. So hearing my dad talk about entitlement of people on food stamps and welfare and like be vaguely racist is a very strange thing being a brown person myself so has he always been like that or is it like he's always been like that he's always been like a little made these off-color remarks on people of like black people and i just guess i was able to push it aside a little easier until the whole election thing started happening yeah and my dad revealed that he was planning to vote for trump even though Trump was vocally and openly opposed to Hispanic people yeah. and everything they stand for and everything they like and, you know, them being here in general. And he was hiring people left and right. Like, for example, Jeff Sessions openly hates Dominican people. He said in one interview that he thinks, basically paraphrasing, but he thinks they're good for nothing and they shouldn't be here. And he's on that staff. Does your dad support, like everyone in the trump cabinet as well like does he support jeff sessions i that i don't know but he's never made comments against anyone else i've really only spoken to him about trump specifically so was has he like in the past like was he like anti-obama and like was he like a bush guy or like i wouldn't really know specifically because i only recently got into politics when i you know the same time most other people did like a year and a half ago when it felt like you really needed to. Yeah. And that's when I started uh, like confronting my dad about these topics. So I never really, I knew how he felt about Hillary. Dude, can't stand her. Not really sure why, but there's that. But I never really knew how he felt about like Obama or Bush or anything before that. All I've known very vaguely is that he's been conservative for most of his life, it seems. Or at least yeah. until he became a crotchety old middle-aged man. So do you have any, like, specific things, like, specific issues that he really, like, you guys really fight about? After Charlottesville, that was when I called my dad specifically and I asked him, do you still support this dude? After he openly said that Black Lives Matter and people protesting Nazis and Nazis are the same on many sides, that whole thing. Yeah. And he said, yeah. 
And then he tried to explain to me how we're going to forget history by removing Confederate statues and the whole, basically every talking point Fox News has, he just kind of parroted them to me. And then he said only idiots or brainwashed folk and incredibly rich folk are liberals, basically. And then he grouped me in with the brainwashed folk. I asked him, do you think I'm brainwashed? And he said, yes. And then I hung up. And that was the last real big conversation I had about politics with my dad. So do you still talk to him about other things and just... Oh, oh no. I, he's, he's, he's my dad. I can't just not talk to him. Well, I don't know. Those... Some people don't. I don't want to yeah. make something. <laughs> that's, that's true. I mean, like, in terms of... As far as it goes with people who have relationships with their father at all, like, I, I still talk to him sometimes. He's a yeah. weird guy outside of just politics, but... Does, does he actively avoid it as well? Or do you just, like, not take the bait anymore? I believe he's avoided talking about politics, but I only knew that he was a Trump supporter because in 2016 he called Hillary a hawk repeatedly and talked about the whole welfare and entitlement thing that we discussed before. My parents are, in terms of talking about it, they're almost apolitical. Like, oh, okay. I wouldn't have really known until I f it was issues that I felt like I had to bring up with my dad. Mm, like, okay. I don't even know what my mom believes at all, and I only know what my dad believes because of the few conversations we've had about it. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. So he's not like somebody who watches the news and just out loud oh. complains all the time. Oh, uh, well he doesn't out loud complain, but um, Fox news is on in my house 24 seven. Yeah. He watches a lot of shows of people screaming at him consistently about whatever it is. They scream about on that channel. I don't even know. But like, I feel like they mostly scream about like immigrants. Yeah. Immigrants. That's... And I remember this one time, I was at home alone back when I lived at home, and the TV was on, on Fox News, and it was just this dude red in the face screaming, screaming at the camera about the stock market. And I was like, how does my, regardless of like what they think about like Black Lives Matter or hip hop or immigrants or any of that, how do you watch a man scream at you for half an hour? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I guess that's kind of what I do at Sly every week. <laughs> But at least, like, you get to scream back at him a little bit, or you that's know, true. that's true. Calmly speak back at him. <laughs> Is there anything he disagrees with Trump on? Not to my knowledge, because if my dad could agree with the fact that we should keep up statues of slaveholders as a person of color, I feel like there's not much that I can think of that he'd disagree with outside of that. Like, does he like support the wall and stuff? Sure, hope not. <laughs> so it just hasn't come up. Okay, I don't want to plant that seed. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I'll just I'll call him and harass him about Trump. Get, him, again. get him on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just hit the point where you're like, I think I've gotten enough of your opinion. Yeah, that, because I'd feel like yeah. it'd just be a lot of ad hominem in talking with him. Yeah, because if my dad would rather call me brainwashed than hear my point, it's kind of like it's um my friend described it as just too far gone. Like, he drank yeah. the Kool-Aid, and it's it's over, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I still talk to my dad about stuff, but, like, I have aunts and uncles and cousins that I, like, unfollowed on Facebook, <laughs> and, like, I hit the point where I was like, there is no talking to you whatsoever. My aunt tried to convince me that uh, Char Charlottesville was all a false flag made by deep state George Soros-funded <laughs> operatives, and there weren't actually Nazis there. And I was like, okay... Like, what are we going to get out of this? 
Okay, my dad doesn't go. Th- my dad's not like tinfoil hat level, <laughs> yeah. deep state, Illuminati funded, like protest clones from. I don't know. He's yeah. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe I should try like opening a dialogue <laughs> with him again because he's not necessarily a. He doesn't go that far. Now that we've talked a little bit, I'm remembering other moments like. He he's supported me going to like pride parades or like the women's march in New York City, for example. It's okay. just after li- listening to your guys' episode, I'm thinking maybe I should like initiate more dialogues with my dad because, for example, he called me when the hurricane happened, when Maria hit, and it turned out that a lot of my family members were without power. He actually called me and he sounded really bummed out about it. And I guess I didn't want to provoke it in that moment of like, oh, you still you still support the big Cheeto man now that our family members are in peril. It, I feel like it would have been in poor taste to bring that up, especially since yeah. they're my family members, too. Well, like, yeah. Now, for do you have any other family that's like at all involved or engaged? Like, do you have any cousins or, you know, <laughs> siblings or anything that are on your side or on his side? Most of my family is like very vaguely like, oh, Trump's an idiot, but they never really talk about it outside of that. I have one cousin who's very vocal on Facebook with um discrimination based things, issues like police shootings and very vocal on yeah. like the left side or the on right the left, side? on the left, okay. absolutely. So like, do they? So do they ever talk to your dad? No, they're like, actually, my family's pretty like distant all in all, and none of us mm. for some reason none of us like. You know how they you like talk about like all your Thanksgivings, how like oh your crazy uncle who's like yeah who has seventeen kids and thinks Trump is Jesus and Obama's the Antichrist. Like I don't have any of those, so it's a a, a strange spot to be in. That's definitely interesting because so many people are saying like throughout their lives their dad was always this way or their mom was always this way and they like just started to butt heads with them. But did you expect when you started asking him and like pull like looking under those rocks did you expect the answers you were getting yes yeah my dad's a little bit of a contrarian he's a definitely libertarian in terms of the whole like don't get taxed ever taxation is evil that whole thing Mm. i guess i was hoping that it wasn't true back in 2016 when the election was still happening but yeah and there was no truly no way to convince him that it was not exactly the right option but like every time we'd watch like the rallies or the debates together he would be like completely silent like wouldn't say anything so yeah and my family's not very communicative in general so it's hard to pry anything out of them let alone like the other day Actually, Ella and I were sitting with my mom, and out of nowhere, she's just like, I don't really like Michelle Obama. And I was like, what did what did she do? And my mom was like, I don't know. I just don't like her. And I was like, but in the same way that you wouldn't like like Alec Baldwin. Just like randomly, oh, I don't like the way yeah. he carries himself. His eyes are on level, like for no reason. And yeah, I was, my mom doesn't like Michelle Obama because of her arms. What's wrong with Michelle Obama's arms? I have no idea. It's a Cards Against Humanity card. That's like how far, how deep this goes. Is it because she's like a little buff? I don't know. What's wrong with being a little... Li- I wish I had those arms. <laughs> <laughs> same, buddy. Same. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... You but, think she so- gives Obama noogies sometimes? Oh, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, like, was there, a, like, a follow-up? Like, did your mom ever give a reason why? No, I rem- the only follow-up was, I hope Elle doesn't think differently of me for not liking Michelle Obama. And that was why it. Why did she say it? I don't know. <laughs> and, like, is Michelle Obama, like, on the news all the time? N- no, not at all. It was just, like, the most... Un- that's that's my family for you it's like little things just like sprinkle out sometimes and they always take you aback it's like my dad's like oh you know nazis are just as bad as uh, protesters and feminists and like where did how do you how long have you held this belief and then my mom's like michelle obama just gives me the wrong vibe and i'm like did you think this for eight years and just never say anything until now when we're having a nice christmas brunch I have to come clean. My darkest secret. <laughs> Michelle Obama rubs me the wrong way. But not like in a noogie way like she does in the rock. No, nah, it's more of a vibe thing. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm sure my mom would like her way better if she saw her giving Barack Obama a noogie. Wouldn't that be the cutest photo? Yeah. Oh, but man. the liberal media would never show anything bad about Obama. <laughs> yeah, oh. they despise any sort of Obama's weakness. We don't want it. <laughs> Well, is there cute. anything else you want to add? Aside from my big, strong, buffed dad, Obama. <laughs> is there anything that you like? Because this is your first time on the show. Is there anything oh, like, shit. that you want to plug or anything? If any listeners plug? are interested. I have literally one thing that okay. if you. I have a SoundCloud where Ooh. I occasionally make noise tracks and covers, and it's called Walla Pratt, and that's li- that's it. That's all I have right now. Cool. Well then, I think we're good. I hate my parents. They are dumb! (laughs) And that's been our episode. I want to give another special thanks to everyone that agreed to be interviewed, and I hope their stories struck a chord with you, or gave you something to think about. If you'd like to voice your opinions that have been bubbling to the front of your brain, you can visit our Facebook page at Oops I Talk Divisive Issues, where you can also join our Discord and complain about comics as well as politics. If you have the time, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes to help boost our signal. Check out other shows on the Comrade Radio Network, and peek at the work Sly and myself produce at Novel Graphics. That's novel-graphics.com. Like my book, A Numb Derivation, wherein I wax esoteric about the impact, or lack thereof, of my father leaving me during my teenage years. Remember to love and cherish your family, but also to stand your ground if you feel you have a moral obligation to do so. Your relatives do listen to you, and they can change. It's just that the process is going to be slow, gradual, and typically painful. Good luck out there. Oops, I ended the podcast. Independent Podcasting Network.